I just blew your mind, didn't I? Yeah. Well, you stopped talking and that that never <laughs> that happens. Does, that blows people's <laughs> minds. Welcome to episode number 177 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, July 16th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is cooling down, but the politics are heating up. And from America's left coast, where I passed my torque test, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, you can't pass the touring test, so the torque test is at least better than the touring test. Turing test, you have to actually pretend like you're a human and be able to convince others that you're not some kind of, of right wing automaton bent on destroying the world or any kind Tork of test AI. is easy. Yeah, they just they just attach a, a long bar to your tooth and start yanking. And if it doesn't fall out, it's good. <laughs> if, yeah, if everything doesn't break, you win. If it does break, <laughs> you lose. Yes, yes, you lose, you lose blood, you lose a tooth. That sounds lots of screaming. Yeah, I it it it, the the phrase torque test actually sounds far worse than it was, but uh, they didn't numb me up for this one, so this actually hurt a lot more than putting the the implant in because because there there was no no anesthetic or anything. They were just like, yeah, we're just gonna. So the the dental implant that I had put in back in March um, is is just a like a, a metal post that they put in into the gum and then they let the bone grow into grooves in it so that it's all fixed and attached. And it has a threaded screw in it that you can attach the real to a crown to it. And so what they ended up doing was uh, threading a little wrench into that thing and then yanking on it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling that what's yeah. going on. Do they say you might feel a little of pressure? <laughs> Nothing to worry no. about. <laughs> yeah. Painful. But I guess you lived through it. There might have been some alcohol afterwards, according to Phone Boy. There you know, was. See, so that is the there was. We're we're only slightly hungover right now. Nature's painkiller and antiseptic alcohol. Too much will kill you. Not enough will not be enough. But we uh, haven't, had, haven't found how much will kill me yet. Keep trying. <laughs> we had uh, hit a milestone. Uh, yes. The last grumpy old Benz, which I thought was. Uh, sad a, a milestone or a millstone right both i mean it was sad for all the people that have a bit of add that when they find a new podcast and we hope that people keep finding grumpy old men's that they go back to episode one and listen all the way through because otherwise fear of missing out you might miss something but with the last episode we have eclipsed in the catalog 365 hours which means if you want to catch up now and you say, I'll listen to an hour a day of grumpy old Ben's until I catch up. It's going to take you over a year now. And I feel bad for you over a year of therapy. Yeah. Well, see, but it's cheaper than an actual therapist. So maybe it's good. Yeah. Go. Let's go with it. You know what? We're we're your we're your tech therapists. Yes, we are. And you can listen at 14 times speed or something like that. I noticed I wanted to listen to a Sir Gene the other day at 14 times speed, but there hasn't been an episode in weeks. So I don't know what happened to Sir Gene. 
Well, he his last episode, he mentioned that he was going to be taking some time off. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Maybe he was uh, like he, he gave some excuse, like heading back to the mothership or something. I, I don't remember what exactly he said, but he did say he was going to take time off. That could be. I mean, podcasting is rough doing it on a regular basis. I get it. You want to take vacations, especially over the summer. But no, we don't take vacations. We we are taking, I think, a little too much from the no agenda concept, which is never take a day off. I, it, let's admit it, though. You and I, what would we do with the day off? We'd be sitting here. You'd probably be shouting into the microphone, even if there was no recorder or stream. Yes. I, I mean, this is what we do. <laughs> Why is nobody responding in the troll room? Oh, right. Not doing a show. <laughs> I forgot. It seems the same to me. I don't know. But I mean, I'd be sitting here shouting at the cat, whether there was a microphone in, or not. That's true. At least the cats can respond and you have something there to uh, give you feedback, which is usually probably disinterest. But you know, most people listen which to is the- a lot like what I get from the troll room. Yeah, kind of the same. But there is a lot of stuff going on in the piracy vein, which I thought was interesting. I mean, it's yes. never. I, I would never pirate anything. You know that, of course, nor would I. It would be completely and utterly wrong. The live music. OK, a little bit different. But Spotify, this was a story off uh, Torrent Freak, is that Spotify is blocking users now who are, quote, improperly downloading tracks with third party software. How the hell do they know? <laughs> well, here's the problem with this software it rather than playing real time i don't know how the spotify system works there are streams like when we do the show live mondays and fridays on the no agenda stream no agenda stream.com it's going out real time there's nothing you can do you can tune in you can record it but you can't make it go faster and there are streams you. that are like that even if it's pre-recorded material meaning it'll just play and you can record and you can capture and there's really no way for them to tell yeah. you're doing that. This this is what uh, at least 15 years ago, uh, copy, copyright holders who have tried to put digital restrictions into everything have been running up against what is was referred at least 15 years ago to as the analog hole. Right. And the, the, the simple fact is, you know, humans do not understand digital stuff. You can't put a bunch of ones and encrypted ones and zeros on there and have a human enjoy the song nearly as much as you ultimately a song, a movie, a picture, anything you have to convert into something humans can comprehend. That means analog. That means that format is copyable. Worst case scenario, somebody can use a totally legit Spotify client, play it into earbuds and then run the earbuds into a tape recorder. People use tapes or am I that old? Well, I think some still do. And because a good cassette tape is still a valid way to store audio information. Bad so cassette tapes, it, no. Th- this, I mean, this story I've heard uh, two dozen times already from various copyright holders. Uh, as Spotify just seems to be the latest of, of we're going to try to close the analog hole by doing this. And it's, it's fundamental. You're, it, it's the fundamental problem with DRM. You're, DRM is the threat model for DRM is utterly ridiculous from a security perspective because your adversary is the person you are trying to transfer the data to. Right. And Bob and Alice are this. 
yeah, what, what is it? Bob, Alice and Carol in the security model, except that, you know, Alice is sending and Bob and Carol are the same person. One of them is trying to steal your stuff and the other is the one you're trying to give it to. It, it, it just doesn't work. And it's not even doesn't have to be converted to analog in this case. Like if I capture the no agenda stream, no. it saves it as the MP3 that it comes in at. Now, what seems to be happening with Spotify is since they believe the only way for you to listen is through their player, it is actually sending you the MP3 as fast as they can and then just playing. You're not constantly sure. streaming. This and, is what buffering is for. Well, and this is more than just buffering or, because, or saving to disk. I Oh, wait. Well, this is it. And the Spotify, when you're doing this and using this third party app, Rather than taking five minutes to listen to a five minute song, it's taking about five seconds. And Spotify starts looking at their logs going, dude, uh, this guy listened to like a thousand songs in an hour. How did he do that? And uh, that's when the accounts are getting suspended. Okay, so if Sir Gene had a podcast on Spotify, then he would get accounts suspended. Is that what you're saying? Well, see, no, because he's not charging for it. But now if this was for music (laughs) tracks, I mean, they'll let you listen to Sir Gene at whatever speed you want. I'm yeah. I'm just going back to what you said earlier. Try to listen at a high speed. I've no. I know people like that. They, if if you want every podcaster to sound like Phone Boy, then you're going to be using the data faster than Spotify expects you to. And they don't care on that. But for the music, they do because that's where the paid things come in. And you again, you're only supposed to be able to consume Spotify in their app, which is the biggest problem. That I have with Spotify, which and is why is, is why I don't consume Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand I to find the video of the Podfather on Joe Rogan. You had to go through the Spotify site and there was no other well, way to find to it do the legitimately. Video. Correct. Well, I, I couldn't even find it illegitimately. Maybe it has shown up as of now. But there are various programs that you can use. And we'll be talking about one that is a Reddit version of this in a minute on another story, which was quite interesting as well. But there are some bots that'll do this, but I couldn't find the Podfather on Rogan when it came out. It may have popped up afterwards, but I looked at, because I'm like, okay, I can get it on the desktop or on my laptop, which is what I use and just plugged it in with HDMI to my television. But I'm like, okay, I have the video, the page, there has to be a way to download it. There's a bunch of different plugins you can get for browsers. There are uh, complete standalone programs that you can have that go after these types of things that work really well. We've had a bunch of stories on the ones that work for YouTube, Vimeo, and that other kind of stuff where even when they try to keep you from downloading stuff, for instance, the great Bill O'Reilly gave my parents a shout out because I wrote an email to them for their anniversary last night. Happy yeah, I heard he doesn't usually do that. He says he doesn't do that. And he normally doesn't, but I know how to craft an email, I think. And I wanted to yes, save you, that. You video. write it on dollar bills. <laughs> well, that would help. But I wanted to save that video. So I went to his site and, you know, I turned the, with the video on, I looked in the source code. There was no, you know, direct link to the video, which most times there's not. So there's a, an add-on video download helper or something like that, which I've used for a while in Firefox. So I opened it up in that, and right there, there was a link to save the MP4 file. So I went and did that. But otherwise, normal people, if you don't have the helper files, you can't do it. 
And in the case of Spotify, the with the Rogan thing, I tried that. That was not going to work. Spotify is going every extra last step to keep people from downloading the video. And I think the only way to do it is probably to plug the HDMI of your machine into a uh, recorder that can take an HDMI in. Now, there's even some that they pass along signals and try to keep the copying that way, too, which I'm not sure if Rogan is doing that. Well, HDMI protocol does have a mechanism to try to prevent you from doing that. But most TVs don't bother implementing it. Yes. Or the little devices like I have one that I reviewed that's like, oh, we're just a video capture device. Just plug in the HDMI and that is magic. So I'm I'm guessing the people that are posting the Rogan, that's what they're using. The the analog hole now in digital. No, I am not using Firefox normally. Bully Steed. I just used it for this particular purpose. But uh, because, you know, there's, oh, sometimes you kind of maybe it up. you were going to say you you don't normally use your analog hole. No, well, I, you don't. You want to keep everything digital, man. And that's the way it works. But in this case, the third party app, when it comes to downloading quickly, just understand that these services can tell they're not stupid. Like because um, I had been using one for Instagram as well. Another program that, you know, hey, you want to save all the pictures from an account? You just put the account in. Boom. Uh, and then Instagram started blocking that because they're like, well, normal people can't download, you know, a thousand images within <laughs> within a second. This says you. I think they're underestimating the, the <laughs> modern generation. True. They, they might be able to click all that fast. In this case, I, yeah, I, I have seen my my nephew when he just goes off and starts clicking through pictures like, I, 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 you know, you see like he's going it was Facebook. He was on and he's bouncing through memes. And I'm like, if it's a normal picture, I get it. You can kind of like I can I can snap it in my head and then kind of think about it during the the switch between them. But if there's text on it, there's no way you're reading that. I, how are you even comprehending? It was just click, 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 click. I'm like, what? You're going to give me epilepsy here. It's going to cause some attention span problems in the future, too. Yes, that too. Oh, yeah. The jump cuts. Uh huh. The jump cuts <laughs> are a real thing. Uh, and people, the, the, the way the brain is wired is a very interesting thing. And you just don't download all your Spotify tracks quickly. If you want it, really, if that's the best way you can think of to pirate music. And if it is, you should really contact me offline because <laughs> that is not. You are being. You are being live fact checked by No Beret on Uh-oh. Uh, NAS. Uh oh, live fact checking uh, on noagendastream.com. He uh, he says, uh, "Ahem, I listen to Spotify in the Brave browser with a free account. Never saw a commercial on Rogan. If I want to record, I put the show full screen and use the Win Ten recorder." Okay, which again, you're. Recording. I don't know why No Beret sounds like my a, a bad <laughs> CSB impression, but well, again, the playing it in a browser was not the problem playing it on the Roku was the problem, which I had to go browser to play it full screen on the television. And well, if can you, have you a, use the, the win 10 recorder to, to save that out and, and then play that at like as an MP4 or something. Yeah, I'm sure you could, but I'm I didn't even know win 10 had a recorder built in. We should, are we a tech show? Should we know I these things? You, I thought you were the win 10 <laughs> expert on this. Yeah. Yeah. I've never used a, uh, a video capture device. Are you suggesting we don't have anybody who knows how to use Windows on this show? It's quite possible. But I mean, who really wants to use Windows? You make a a good point. It's something that is just there to do the job. Uh, When it comes to the piracy stuff, too, there was a a big story that I just wanted to bring this because we have to beat cold acid 
enable Kirby over on the Rare Encounter podcast. I have so many reasons I need to beat him, but go on. Yes. Four anime shuts down abruptly following legal pressure. Now, anime, and we may have talked about this genre and a bunch of the pirate sites at one point. I believe we talked about a comic book site, which is similar to this, that there are some of these that I could never understand how they made it this long because there is a comic book site which i follow a lot more than anime i don't follow anime at all but there's a comic book site that has been up for years and years and literally every major comic that you could want is listed for download illegally and i'm guessing there are some of these sites that either run under the radar somehow but if i found it Uh, I would think that the companies that are producing comic books would find it or anime and then why they would not go after. I mean, I don't know what the legalities are on all this kind of stuff, what it would cost to fight this. But there was a couple of anime sites here, which I'm sure Cold Acid is well aware of for anime.to became a target and they abruptly shut down and they're shut down their site now forwards to GitHub which has an announcement that says, sorry for ending things this way. Due to certain circumstances, we have to close the site. All the certain circumstances like the (laughs) FBI seized our server room. And I don't know if they serve. You know, I don't know if that actually happened or that was just we're coming for you. If you don't, Uh, it says all the bookmarks will be available via login in the next week or two. So don't worry. However, all the videos and content is deleted. And we encourage you to support the industry by viewing on legal alternatives or something. I like the or, or something. Or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the or something part. You view on legal alternatives or something, which uh, maybe or that, something. Yeah. That maybe just says they, you know, they got the note. They said, okay, we don't want to fight this. And, and the sites have disappeared. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, here's my first legal alternative. You go piss off. Kind of. I mean, it depends. Uh, on, know, I mean, come back with a warrant. And then they come back with a warrant and a SWAT team. And like, okay, this just escalated. Yes, I'm deleting the site now. Thank you for. <laughs> would you guys like some donuts and coffee while you're here? Um, but it, it's interesting to me that these sites have really been able to flourish because, you know, sites like the Pirate Bay, which have been around for years and years and years, there's mainly the talk of, well, We don't really host any infringing content. All the infringing content is on other people's machines. All we have is a little stupid index file that tells you where to find that content. And then the legal arguments become much different from, hey, this person, this entity is actually storing pirated content on their servers and they're serving it up rather than telling you where to find it. That's just not something that you do if you want to stay up anymore. Well, and the problem with, If you go after sites that have any links to pirate content, when Google accidentally or maybe purposefully (laughs) links to said content, because they will, because their spiders are out wanting to link to everything. You then go, you you might just accidentally not put into robots text that the, you know, anything about these shouldn't be indexed. And right. And then Google starts indexing all the pirated content. And then it's like, well, why aren't you shutting Google down? I mean, there's obviously links to pirated content on Google. So this is one of the reasons I think why a few of these torrent sites have stayed up. But when it comes to, and maybe it is because it's all 
third party anyway, but like the I'm not sure if this is how these anime sites were, but the comic book site has torrents, but it also links directly to different downloads. And, you know, maybe they're all on third party servers and that's what makes everything okay. even though, you know, the person that is running the site is posting all of these things. But it's uh, there's a lot of sites that seem to just totally uh, thumb their noses, if you will, at the content creators. And it's always an interesting battle to see what it takes to get them shut down, what is actually deemed legal or illegal and what can be done about it. Well, and it, it, there have been plenty of sites that uh, that move back and forth between different countries and and jurisdictions much more quickly than the legal process can catch up with them. That was uh, wasn't that the Pirate Bay solution early on? Was, yes. Yeah. They they just kept like, oh, we're in Finland now. Now we're in Switzerland. Oh, now we're in Norway. It, it have, and- yeah, have multiple servers and ways to change the DNS quickly. And you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Good. And of course, you know, that'll that'll keep working right up until we have the one world government, What, which is part of that. I don't think there's any question about that. And it's interesting because we've got stories about the EU and Brazil both fighting piracy that we'll get to. And it's, it's a uh, you, you tease this Reddit one. This is the one I kind of want to get to. Yes, that's what I've got open on my screen right now, because this one has a surprise ending, which is always good. Yes. For <laughs> yes, for I, I, I it's it's the first one listed in my notes, and uh, I think we're we're about to talk about the same story. But for me, this one originally came via Servo, so I want to thank for that. I'm I'm trying to thank people who send me stories, so they'll do it more often. Trying to right. encourage that behavior right. so that I, I don't so you, have to do as much work. I was thinking, right? This is just you're farming off the work to absolutely the experts, which is they're the ones yeah, like we are reading this stuff, and you go, hey, if that little voice in your head says. You know, I'd like to hear the guys in Grumpy Old Ben's talk about this. Or, yeah. you know, if you're thinking, God, the guys in Grumpy Old Ben's would totally butcher this. Either way, send the story links. Yeah, well, I have another one from Cold Acid where that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, this Reddit one. <laughs> Save yes. video, which is a bot and a user, I guess. Yes. So you're. I want to start by explaining exactly why this bot needs to exist. I'm not sure uh, how much you follow that. Uh, Reddit introduced for, okay. So for a very long time, Reddit was nothing but a link sharing site. And you had to, like, if you wanted to post a video, you put it on YouTube and you put the YouTube link into Reddit. And then, uh, if you wanted to post a picture, it was usually Imgur. In fact, Imgur started its life as a site for hosting images to be shared on Reddit. Uh, it, it's bigger than that. Now they become much more woke, but that's what it started as. And, uh, Reddit somewhere about four or five years ago decided, you know, we're, uh, we're really missing out on this whole hosting thing because we're just hosting links in discussion. We should host images. And so they ended up creating first an image server and then later a video server where what, you know, the, the idea going through the minds of the people at Reddit is, is going to be your classic Silicon Valley. We have to make sure we keep people on our site, which if you're just a link farm is, is harder to do. That's the whole point of creating. So with the image ones, the, the way images work in HTML, a, you, you can link directly to an image and it'll say i.reddit.com as the URL. Um, but there's not a lot they can do about trying to force people into viewing the images. However, 
With videos, totally different story. Videos on the web, you want a URL to a video, and Reddit decided that if Reddit is hosting the video, that URL is going to go to their comments page. And at the top of the comments page is a widget in the web page that lets you click on it and play the video. But in order to load the video, in order to view the video, you can't send a link to the video. You have to send a link to an entire Reddit comments page, which loads all the comments. It's slow as hell. Uh, it, you know, especially when Reddit revisit, revamped their site to be all JavaScript and flashy. And, and, and if you're not using old.reddit.com for everything, then you're wasting a hell of a lot of CPU trying to watch these videos. Um, but a lot of people are like, I would like to either, you know, the, the simplest is I want a link to this video without having to carry along all of the baggage of linking to a, a discussion page on Reddit. And then a lot of other people are like, well, this video is here. Obviously, I want to save it. And that's a pretty natural, uh, you know, we, we just a few minutes ago did a story about people who, who view some kind of media, like say a, a Spotify stream and would like to save it for an archive or to play on a Roku. So this is where the save video bots came up. You know, the, they're immediately came to be things like Python scripts and you can still find a ton of them where you can pull the video out of a Reddit discussion page. But because so many you know, Reddit is, is a social network. Uh, a, a lot of people don't want to leave that. So what they do is there's a bot save video is one of them. There's others They're like video downloader bot or I, I don't remember what they're all called where you just use at and then the name of the bot in an article and the bot will automatically come back and drop a comment and reply to yours. So it notifies you, which has a direct link on v.reddit.com to download the video. And those bots exist to fill a niche that was missing from Reddit's normal user experience. Reddit's normal experience is uh, we don't want you to watch this video unless you also participate in our comments because that way we can show you more ad impressions or whatever it is they're doing right and and track, and track lots of tracking and people wanted to you know even if you put aside the the piracy implications of saving these videos most of which are generally free not monetized and really nobody would care but even if you put that aside you're denying reddit the opportunity to show you ads if you go directly to the video but people want that so enter save video bot Oh, was this a dramatic pause? Oh, no, it was not a dramatic pause. I was like, okay, now since you introduced the story, I was going to let you start talking. Oh, I got it. Enter, say, video about yes. I I just I just blew your mind, didn't I? Yeah. Well, you stopped talking and that that never (laughs) happens. Blows people's (laughs) minds. Ryan stopped talking like, oh, call the paramedics. He must be down. The cat must have gotten him. But this is the start of a somewhat uh, long story which seems to have the guy that did the save video bot which as you said just a bot to save the videos from reddit was quite popular they said millions of users uh oh, a steady uh one uh, 10 million visitors per month to the uh, reddit save.com that there's a lot of people that want to save videos that much is obvious and the guy that runs this got a message that was a legal message it said it was from reddit 
Well, and, it was designed to look like it, but I might be spoiling something. Go on. <laughs> yes. Well, that's exactly it. It looked like it was from Reddit. They had been cracking down on other bots and the content that he got. He was like, oh, damn, um, they're going to come after me. They're threatening legal action. So yeah. he shut the bot down because that's what you do when a major corporation is threatening legal action against you and you're just a user. I mean, it's different if you got a billion dollars. Yeah, I don't blame him in the least for seeing this. And it definitely looked scary. I downloaded the PDF, by the way. I pulled some quotes uh, of, of the message that he got. Yeah, so but, that, yeah, we can put the link in the show notes to the PDF because that is up online. And of course, it's the Reddit header. Uh, we sent this email regarding your yeah, website, Reddit Save. If, if you I mean, if you haven't spent a lot of time, if you're not a lawyer, you don't have a lawyer nearby and you also haven't spent a lot of time pouring through legal documents like unfortunately I have for this show. Um, it, it very much looked official and I do not blame the author of this bot at all for shutting down. But this became a real story when uh, I the first place I saw it was Torrent Freak picked up on it and immediately was like, look at how terrible Reddit is. Look at this, those assholes. Uh, how dare they? It, it, well, I mean, they uh, list they have a whole list of violations, you know, the circumvention mechanism. They go on to say how you did that trademark infringement. Uh, it says that they also use the Reddit brand in a way that implies partnership. So, I mean, on and on and on, they're going back with you need to you've misused our API and you breaking Reddit, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, overall, they're like, you must here's Reddit safety teams boards. Final decision. You must take down Reddit and its services within three to four days. Otherwise, we are going to file a lawsuit under trademark infringement U.S. law during the pen- pendency of the lawsuit. You, the owner, are responsible for paying your attorney's monthly bills. As your website misused the API bandwidth of Reddit servers, we need a compensation penalty of one million American dollars. If you fail to pay the you will face strict verdict from U.S. jurist section. OK, so maybe the English wasn't so I, great in the uh, in the message. I, I, I pulled the, that exact paragraph as as something that I wanted to pick apart, because uh, if I may fast forward a bit, it turns out that Reddit did not save the send this letter. No. And the only way he found out, it sounded like. Was that Torrent Freak or one of these sites went to Reddit with, would you like to comment about this? And Reddit went, oh, wasn't us. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> there, there is no way he would have just shut down indefinitely from, you know, what, what it definitely looks like is that some copyright troll sent this and pretended that it was from Reddit to shut him down. And if Torrent Freak had not picked up the story or a competitor, I don't know, somebody, somebody out there who didn't want his bot up or maybe, you know, somebody was just messing with him. Didn't want his bot up and sent this thing out and made it look like it was from Reddit. And and if you're a, a programmer who's trying to work their way through college and are not a lawyer, then this looks scary and you shut it down. And that would have been the end of it, except Torrent Freak picked it up, turned it into a big story. And then Reddit, who are suddenly getting a hell of a lot of hate from play, play, places going, you you, and you know, Reddit deserves a lot of hate for stifling free speech, for serving their their parent companies in China for, uh, uh, you know, selling out uh, it, it. Reddit deserves a lot of hate. But this is one case where they're like, wait a minute, we didn't do this. Yes. And we- and I think that Reddit would have just stayed completely silent about it, except that Torrent Freak turned it into a big thing. And lots of people 
millions of users of these bots started to uh, react. Well, yeah, but there is also something important in this whole thing, which is if you get a letter like this, verify with the person that appears to have sent it. That would be a good a good place to start. Just be like, wait, was this really you? This, well, As I said, the absolute safe thing is, OK, I'm going to suspend operations right now. I'm not even getting paid for this bot. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Uh, and and then it all, you know, is 24 hours later that it. Oh, OK, it looks like everything's good. And Reddit save bot came back up and is up now. So, in fact, uh, I was I was ready to go to town on Reddit with this story when I first saw it. And uh, well, right, because, because the headline on Torrent Freak still makes it appear that Reddit took the bot it, down. It's still, yeah, <laughs> the headline is Reddit orders save video bot to shut down, which is false. That is fake news. Torrent Freak, fix your headline. Yes, because that is not correct. Yes. Fake. Uh, Reddit. And I, and I was going to go to town on it. And I was I was researching some other story completely independently on. Um, and I go through and I'm I'm poking through the links and I see one point where somebody had activated the save video bot and i'm like i thought this was down and it's so back. i dug into the story again and it's like it was back so um the reason that i pulled the pdf and the reason i pulled in fact that particular uh uh paragraph is um th- this is if if i had received this i would have been highly skeptical of it um and uh, here's the first thing that i don't think most people would have recognized or or realized um, all through this document, the word Reddit is capitalized. Ooh, uh, interesting. Reddit insist and in, in, uh, Steve Huffman, uh, uh, the the people who founded it, the the company insists that Reddit, their brand name, their trademarked name, is lowercase. And uh, the, you know, they there's places like in the PDF they capitalize Reddit brand resources. Um, in the paragraph you just listed. They capitalized the word bandwidth. It says Reddit save misused the media API, which is capitalized, and then and costs bandwidth of Reddit servers. And bandwidth is capitalized. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, uh, USC 1063. You you didn't uh, mention that, but uh, the the quote said we are going to file a lawsuit under trademark infringement U.S. law USC 1063. Well. I know how to use the Cornell library. I went and looked up what is USC 1063. Um, it is opposition to trademark registration. It clarifies the issuance of trademarks as outlined in USC 1062 and provides a mechanism to oppose them before they're issued. It has nothing <laughs> to do with takedowns. So it's also important to do your homework. Um, during the pendency of the lawsuit, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, they were um, trying. Maybe they were. Tr- I mean, it's either bad English or they were trying to sound lawyerese. They were absolutely trying to sound lawyerese, and this is better than your average four nineteen scam, where oh yeah, uh, they they intentionally introduce grammar and spelling mistakes so that they only catch the the idiots who are more likely to pay them. But I mean, this is directly targeted. It's not blanketing. Um, we need a quote compensation penalty and, and the compensation penalty is capitalized and in quotes. That's not a legal term um, of uh, one comma zero 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 comma zero 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 space or one space million American dollars. Um, no, <laughs> uh, if you failed to pay the compensation, uh, there's a, a past tense there. If you failed to pay the compensation, will face strict verdict 
from USA jurist section. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, um, earlier in the document, redditsave.com acting as a browser and accessing our media database and illegally finding the source of media files such as v.reddit or i.reddit links. I, I'm aside from being totally stunted, that doesn't it doesn't hold up. Um, another point where they said, uh, uh, you, uh, we, we are accusing you of going against Reddit content policy. Uh, going against is a phrase that a Reddit user might use because it has entered the, the colloquial speech, but it is not legal because it's not proper grammar and it certainly wasn't proper grammar. And it, you, you would not find a lawyer saying you are going against a policy. No, they would say you're infringing a policy or violating a policy. You don't go against one. No. And even the subject, we sent this email regarding the website, then the website address takedown. No, you wouldn't say that. You would be like, you are in, uh, you know, you're infringing upon our copyright, which I get daily now. There are scams going through the bots on various websites. So if you have a form up, you're going to get a... uh, a message saying, you are using my copyrighted stuff. Click here to find out what. We talked about this in one of the last shows. Yep. And this is similar, but this is very much dedicated to one particular mark. And what the human brain, I think, immediately goes to, they see, you know, the Reddit as far as the logo. And they say, you know, you just see in the what's in bold and larger text in this PDF, which is, list of violations you're like what and then it's you know what you need to do is well that's all they're reading people that if you're running a site like this and you think you're about to get smacked down by a major corporation you're not looking at the details you are immediately in a heightened sense of what the hell and uh you know you you have that that fight or flight reflex i think kicks in and Probably a very smart response for the guy was to flee at this point if you thought yeah. it was a uh, and that's what he did. And then realized- as I pointed out, I, I, um, I am not going to throw any shade at all on the bot author for getting this and going, you know, it's it's not worth the risk that, you know, there could be some uh, a lawyer out there who completely failed at grammar school and somehow managed to get an <laughs> you know, become an intern. I don't know. Yes. It, it, I understand you're like, okay, the risk that this is high compared against, you know, all of the income I'm getting from not being paid for this bot. Yes, I would have shut it down too and then checked with a lawyer. But I'm just saying there's, there's clues that this doesn't look right. Uh, one of my favorite paragraphs in there was right near the end. It says, uh, if you have any associates with the following websites and then lists, uh, Reddit video downloader and, uh, it says if you have any associates with the other save bots, right? Then we, then we hardly advised to take down the mentioned services. Also, <laughs> we hardly advised. No, no, wait, you are, <laughs> you are advising. That's what the whole point so, of this was. So, but going past the the weird stilted grammar, it's it's. By the way, also, if you happen to know who runs your competitors, can you tell them to take their stuff down too? Yes. What <laughs> signed? scrutinized by marcos glenn and oh yeah scrutinized reddit safety team head and reddit safety team is capitalized but then head isn't which is kind of funny 
And then, oh, oh, yeah. I, one other thing. Uh, this entire thing is uh, it, the the header uh, says Reddit safety. It says Reddit safety team. Um, the safety team. That's the woke team. They're the ones who uh, will persecute you if you say anything that offends somebody. That's what the Reddit safety team is. The Reddit safety team has nothing to do with copyright enforcement. So then just another thing. Yeah, you might want again. It's the details, which when people are afraid. Rightfully so. The details don't matter as much as the big picture. And the big picture was they're going to sue me. And that was, you know, again, the right thing to do. And it's a good thing that Torrent Freak was able to figure this out and let the guy know, because there's a lot of this going on. And this is a major issue at this point. No matter what you think of copyright, there is a ongoing battle between so many different fronts. And as you're seeing here, who knows who sent this and why? It could have been one of the guy's buddies thinking it was funny. It could have been somebody. It could have been a joke. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a variety of things just to be like, let's see what people will fall for. And we're learning. It it could have been some pissed off user who used the bot to pirate something. Like, I only got a 720p and I clearly (laughs) wanted the full 4K. Yeah, I could see that. People get very mad when they don't get the full 1080p or 4k action but i mean it's interesting all these sites and i mean i get it with the youtube thing i'm sure it's the same with reddit as you said they put the videos up they're hosting the videos why they host the videos it's not out of the kindness of their heart they're making money and how are they making money it's with advertising i don't know how reddit does it it's a pre-roll the same thing like youtube interjecting uh but they're obviously doing advertising on the videos and they that's the only way to make it worth their while for having them up. So this is probably well, that, a case that and all the Chinese VC funds that keep pouring in. I guess, yeah, maybe. So, I mean, I think this is maybe the same kind of a concept. I mean, YouTube seems to be really trying to go after some of these download helpers as well. But a lot of these companies seems to uh, look at it. Either they're maybe ignorant of it or they just go, you know, it's the uh, it's the airline concept, which means although nobody wants to fly right now because (laughs) being on an airplane is like hell. Because it's a pain in the ass. Yes. But, you know, even back in the best of days, if you were on a flight, there's a really good chance that the person sitting behind you in front of you next to you didn't pay the same thing for their seat that you did. And that is a fact of life. And I think a lot of these video services are like. Okay, some people are going to go through the extra step to figure out how to download this stuff, but that's a small enough percentage where we don't care because 80, 90 percent of the people are going to watch our ads and we're going to make our money. So we're not going to put a lot of money into just trying to block that other small percentage. That would be my guess anyway. It's it's rational. It's logical. Um, I I don't know if that means the company does it, but. Is the uh, the YouTube or I'm sorry, the Reddit videos, are they long form or are they just short form or is it very uh, they're you, whatever you post? The, so if are, we wanted to do a whole grumpy old Ben's three hour episode, we could just convert that to a video file and post it. I don't know that you, that you would not go over some kind of maximum file size. OK, that would make sense. I mean, if you're putting it on their uh, the, server, that would the uh, longest videos that I've seen on Reddit, which uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hang out on that site much anymore at all. But uh, the longest one I've seen are in the order of of ten, fifteen minutes. 
Uh, so not bad. So, I mean, it's not, it's not TikTok. It's right. not, uh, you know, uh, what was uh, Vine? <laughs> right, right. Vine, but, TikTok of the 15, 30 second video. Concept. But I don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to put together like a, a 10 hour goat scream compilation and put it up on Reddit video. No, I remember uh, downloading. And I'm, I'm sure I still have it. Uh, I don't even remember what the advertisement was for. But there was a like 12 or 24 hour HD video because this is going back. So this is maybe like when 1080 was just a thing of Adriana Lima, like have with like a checkered flag, just like waving. But it was, you know, like 12 hours of Adriana Lima. Yeah. It's like, you know, that I want to download. Yeah. So, Servo in the troll room is is pointing out and uh, apparently is uh, our, our resident Reddit expert. though I approve of this. Uh, that the maximum file size you can upload is 256 gigabytes or 12 Whoa. hours, whichever is less. That's more than I expected. Whoa. But then again, I'm not going to go watch a multi-hour video on Reddit. I don't even want to watch it on Netflix. So, uh, I mean, okay, wait, 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 but, wait, wait. But it, what it means is that we might be able to almost fit one of our Grumpy Old Ben's episodes in there. Maybe. I mean, are they as bad as YouTube as far as yanking stuff down they don't like? So if you put up a video that was you know, questioning a vaccine or something. Would Reddit also pull this down like YouTube would? Or okay, I, I'm I'm going to answer, but my my answer might not be completely up to date because again, I I haven't been following the the Reddit subs nearly as closely as as I used to, simply because I hate the site so much. Um, but I don't think that the Reddit admins are nearly as bad about as YouTube about pulling things down because they have an extra layer. Um, the, the Gestapo that you have to look out for anywhere on Reddit is going to be the volunteer moderators who appoint themselves out of the user base to take over or take care of and, and generally, uh, stomp out anything bad in any particular subreddit. Now, if the moderators are not pulling their weight and they do so consistently, then the admins will come in, engage the moderators out of sight. So where you generally can't see them and say, hey, if you don't do this or if you, you know, you're letting copyright stuff through, or if you don't do that, then we're going to ban your entire subreddit. Um, moderators usually don't want that. So the moderators are perfectly happy to behave as the enforcement arm for the admins who no, I don't think that they do go out and, and enforce the way YouTube does. Well, I mean, nobody will enforce the way YouTube does, but you know, well, unfortunately all, not even YouTube does that. Well, to be able, they're very, very uh, inconsistent with what they do, which is an issue, but I mean, I get it. I understand why people like YouTube. There's a lot of information. Now, if you're running a channel that never runs a foul, you know, if you avoid the whole political aspect of things, You'll probably be fine on YouTube, and that's where a majority of the eyeballs are, and they give you a whole lot of information as far as you know who's been watching your channel, how much. I mean, I'm surprised because I rarely do videos on my YouTube channel. The last one I did was the Winston Privacy Device, and then they went out of business. So, I mean, maybe not a good idea for people to have me do reviews of their well, stuff. I, I feel like your review accomplished exactly what it needed to then. Right. We put them out of business. Uh, but I got a, you know, an email from and, and on the back end, how much of their stock did you buy uh, in a short right after the video? Came? Oh, never mind. That would, have been, that would have been a good idea, but I didn't know that would have been smart. The uh, YouTube still sends. I mean, they send me emails, which I don't really pay attention 
but the amount of people still watching the content that I put up on YouTube, including things like for the uh, DBX 286 channel strip and that I know gets a lot of views. I mean, I think it was like over 5,000 minutes for the month that I'm like, but I haven't even uploaded anything, which is it's an interesting concept because the stuff just sits there and then it gets recommended or however that whole thing works. Because I just, you know, figure it's like a podcast. You put it up and then nobody even knows it's there. YouTube, a little bit different. And, you know, I said we, uh, as you said, we caved to Spotify last week and listed grumpy old Ben's and random thoughts over on Spotify because it's like, well, we may as well be in every place we can be because there are some people that still are on Spotify that obviously watch and listen to Joe Rogan. And if that's the app they want to use, I'm not going to be all like, I'm not going to allow you to listen to our programs in the app. That now, what do we sound to. like rare encounter here? Exactly. I mean, that's exactly a rare encounter thing, which is why they don't have as many experts as we do. But it was interesting. So far, as of this morning, I looked. We've had one person listen to Grumpy Old Ben's on Spotify. So, yes, we are making headway. But they give you all sorts of demographic information. I mean, it's a lot more detailed when it's only one person listening. But they tell you, you know, male or female. They tell you age. And there was a few other demographic things that obviously people must give them when they sign up for Spotify, you know, which is interesting on its own i don't remember doing any of that when i signed up for a spotify account but this goes i think i signed up in like 2005 or six or something like way back when they first hit and maybe they didn't have as much uh information that they were harvesting at that point off to try setting up a new account under a fake email and see what you actually give but i thought that was interesting i mean if you're actually trying to run a business in a podcast and trying to get demographic information about who's listening and what are they listening to, I can see that would be very helpful. But from the other side of everything that we cover, it's like it's kind of creepy, the amount of data that's there. I mean, I just really want to know how many people are listening and more importantly, how many people are donating. But then when you're like, well, here's who's listening. I mean, I guess it's interesting when you're like, oh, 95 percent of the people listening are men why you know and then you can make a change if you're looking to get a larger female audience or a majority of the people listening are over the age 80 so maybe we need to start talking about something different i don't know it's interesting data but it still kind of creeps me out i'm still not going to go out of my way to support spotify no i I wouldn't suggest you listed there (laughs) right i wouldn't suggest you would But I mean, if you're listening on Spotify and you want us to scrape your data, feel free to listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. Oh, certainly. In the Spotify app. Wait, wait. Does Spotify give us all of the personal information like, uh, you know, username and and IP address and and password database for all of the Spotify users just if they listen to our stuff? No, I think they make that open to everybody. That's on on a hacker group or something. Oh, then we can find it. Yes, everybody can. It's the beauty of data. Yeah, you know, what we we call this uh what what's the marketing term know your customer yes Wait, it's, it, it's you hack your customer and then steal all of their private data well that is such a big part of it that if you don't know that all of your data is being harvested by the majority of apps i mean you may have missed a few episodes of grumpy old bens because almost uh every other show it seems we have stories about what an android or apple app was caught doing that it shouldn't and uh it was some pretty big apps and sometimes it was just accidentally you know and a lot of them 
like, oh, well, I trust Facebook with all of this information. And then somebody creates another app, which specifically is looking to grab the information from your Facebook app because the app of the, you know, a Facebook isn't all that good and all that secure. So if any, if you're not using an app on your phone, delete it and think twice about using any apps on your phone that didn't come along with. I did find the story that no agenda covered on yesterday's show interesting, which was about the freedom phone, because I saw Candace Owens. I saw her oh. do her little video saying there was how, some high quality shilling going on around that. Oh, it was. That's all it was was shilling. And I don't mind the shilling. I don't mind the concept because I think I would do the same thing if there was a product that I really was. Oh, you, you got to have one of these, whether they were paying me or not like this, I think could help you. And you talk about the product then. And in this case, I mean, she said that she was involved. So at least that part was upfront. So I don't have a problem with her pimping this product, but going to this product's website, there is still a lack of information that should worry anybody when you're selling something like this freedom phone and you're selling something that is allegedly better, more private without explaining to me why it's more private. They're using, which is funny because the people on the conservative side, the Republican side have been fighting against all of the morons on the other side that voted for somebody because he wasn't Trump. And now they're trying to sell us a phone because it's not, it's not Google or it's not Apple. Sure. And only, only last week we brought uh, a story of a brand new social network that was, uh, you know, it's for Trump and it's not Twitter was kind of their selling point. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's gone on for so long of saying, you know, uh, we, we, we hate people who think this way and therefore we're going to become tribal that it doesn't surprise me in the least that it has kind of floated over to the other side. It's like, well, if you're going to take your ball and go home, we're going to get a better basketball court with blackjack and hookers. And that's, oh. it, it's not well, the, the, the hookers and blackjack part might be good, but um, it's not great for the whole healing of society thing, but I cannot blame people for seeing the other side become so divisive and tribal and finally being like, well, we're tired of being the ones who are kicked out of everything. We're just going to make our own thing. I understand that. I'm not convinced it's a good thing, but. No, I'm not uh, either. And the what, concept that the of the privacy is what kind of worries me the most, because uh, one, they claim well, you don't have any not online. Well, that's it. And for the phone to work, you're going to be online. So there's that. But they say that, OK, they're more private. But then it says it works on any major carrier, which I question that because getting an outside phone on Xfinity Mobile if it, you had a choice, it was either an iPhone or a Samsung. Maybe they have expanded what can go on their system, but it's not always as simple as just get the phone and put the SIM card in. Not always. So I question that uh, claim that yeah. they're making. Uh, it's it's technical details. I, well, I think yeah, that can this, be worked out. But you're talking technical details at this point. Yeah. So if somebody gets the phone and then it doesn't work. But you're saying that it's the most private because it's not Apple or Google. That's fine, but no, it's the most private because it can't connect to the internet. 
But no, right. If it, if it doesn't connect to your uh, provider, then yes, it is the safest thing ever because you can't make a phone call. You can't text. You can't get any information in or out. But that is exactly it. Your phone provider can get a lot of information on you. So this concept that just because it's not Google or Apple doesn't protect you from AT&T or T-Mobile or whoever, they're still able to know where you are, what calls you're making. They can see a certain amount of that data going back and forth. Now, I'm assuming that what they're trying to do with the different apps would all be encrypted and stuff like that. But without having a completely open operating system, you're now saying, well, don't trust Apple, don't trust Google, but trust us. We've taken this freedom off, which is, I thought, discontinued years ago from the open source. I mean, you just paraphrased every salesperson ever. Don't trust my competition, but you can trust me. Yes. I'm honest, Eddie, because my toupee says that you can trust me. And I don't. I do not trust. I mean, and this is the funny thing, too, then. No, anybody who names themselves Honest Eddie, you do not want to trust them. With the, oh, which preloaded with all of these dangerous apps that the other app stores won't let you have. So, which is what? Parlor? I mean, that was about the only thing but this again comes down to i don't know if it had f droid on it then it's got a bunch of apps that don't track you so yeah but do they do the people buying this phone know they can't put the facebook app or the twitter app on because if they do then they're going to be tracked again so buying the phone you really can't add any of those applications to it if you want to if you believe you're safe from what the stock system is you certainly can't add anything else I guess my question, uh, are, are you saying like you shouldn't add it if you want the phone to be free or are you saying they can't add it? No, I'm just saying you shouldn't because add it if you, lot, if you, if you want to be most, private. A lot of the most horrifying apps out there require you access to play services. And the moment that you have play services on your phone, it's game over. It's your, your privacy is not yours. Yes. And this, this whole concept of, oh, it could do everything your current phone can. It's like, well, that's not really true if you're blocking a bunch of stuff. I mean, no. you may want it to be blocked now, and that it, may be better, it, but it can't can do, do what you every other phone can. Maybe it can do what, what everything that your current phone can that you should want it to do. Right. That's the I, that's the fine print. My my current phone can do a lot of things that I don't want. Yes. Do not put Facebook on it, do not put Twitter on it, do not put TikTok on it because, you know, you're kind of uh no what, reason what, to buy a special phone. One of my favorite things about this story was the people reacting to the uh, the the pretty obvious influencer campaign around this. And uh, uh, at one point, there was somebody who tweeted out something like, uh, you know, loving the freedom I get with my new freedom phone or something like that. And uh, then at the very bottom in a red circle on the meme image, it circled sent by Twitter for iPhone. Yes. Which, although here's what I would understand. If and, th- and there was a lot of people who, again, ignorant mofos who were making fun of Candace Owens for that little detail, which I that was not one of the things that bothered me, because the minute you put the Twitter app like I was just talking about on your freedom phone, you're screwed. So if you want to post something to Twitter, you certainly would not do it with the freedom phone. You still have yeah, to or, do it from use, another phone. Use a web browser. Right. What you could they still exist. Well, yeah, but then you have to have a laptop and what, you know, there's a lot well, of people that don't. On, there are browsers on phones. Can you, I don't know, maybe you can still do that through. Uh, there, the, there are even browsers on phones that don't send 
all of the details to the website that uh, I'm, you know, I'm actually running on this mobile device with this screen resolution, running right, this version right. of the operating system. And here is my address and my first child's blood type. It, it, it by default, browsers send that stuff to it. And then the website can pick through and say, oh, I'm actually not going to serve you the website because we're just going to force you to use the app. Yeah, I'm curious. But if your browser sends, uh, yeah, we're running uh, Gecko and that's it. Yeah, I'm curious if the Twitter on the browser on a phone would allow you to upload the video. Maybe it will. And she's just lazy and didn't. Uh, I would have also down the, turned off the showing where your tweets are coming from, because I know you can do that because I've done that at one point. You know, turn off location, turn off every little bit of extra. But I didn't yeah. mind her posting the video from somewhere else, because if I had a phone that I wanted to be kind of OTG and completely locked out of the Google and Facebook of the world, I certainly would not put a Twitter app on it. I mean, the reality uh, is you don't want to put any social media app on that phone. If I'm, you I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor the point too much, but I think, you know, my position on this, if if you care uh, about uh, privacy and safety and not being compromised online, uh, that belief is incompatible with regular use of Twitter. Yeah. Or any social media, really. Yeah. Well, I, I, Mastodon can be OK sometimes. <laughs> right. Sometimes maybe depends. It depends on who's who you're connected to. Right. I guess it's do you trust your admin? Because exactly. I don't trust the admins at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but I'm. I'm generally okay with Ariner, so that's that's a social media that I get into. Right. Um. I, I trust Void Zero, so I'm willing to use the the troll room. Um. It's a matter of of who do you trust and who should you trust and uh, and should you really just you know throw it all away and go live in in a cabin in the woods without electricity? Maybe it's a question of how you use your phone, I suppose, because none of the SMS messaging is secure and there's a record of all of that so be aware there's uh nothing you can really do on your phone as far as making a phone call that you aren't encrypting that you can expect 100 percent privacy on so any of these devices if you want to get the most privacy and you really want to go down that rabbit hole you only run on well, the, only the Wi-Fi would probably be the best, but you can still use your mobile data if you're using a application on your phone that you trust that is encrypting your voice and text messages and not going through the SMS system and not going through the voice calls through the normal phone company servers, because then you're going to have records and you could be tapped. But these, I mean, this concept, I didn't understand what the big deal was. Because, I mean, there's a guy that does this for No Agenda, which is noagendaphone.com. But we've talked about this a long time ago, that it's quite easy to do roll your own on something like this. Oh, yeah. You, you do a little research. Well, you download the ROM. You get your phone. If, if you're willing to shell off for new hardware, it's easy enough. You you just go go pay Google for a Pixel phone because that's the only thing Graphene works on. Well, like, you again, you find the phone. That would work yeah. with, but there's, you know, plenty of the older Samsung phones. It depends what you want to do. I mean, if you just want to be secure, there's a lot of phones you could pick up pretty damn cheap. The, uh, the ZTE phone that I used for a few years before, you know, they ran afoul of the United States government, which was purchased new for like 350 bucks was freaking awesome. And there were a bunch of different ROMs that were available for it. 
and you had complete control over everything. If you wanted to de-Google your phone, you could do that yourself. You don't have to pay somebody else to do it. The only thing that would really make sense to me is something we've also talked about here, which is if the phone has a physical switch to turn on and off the camera and microphone, then that makes it worth a little bit extra to me. Otherwise, all of these phones are pretty much the same damn hardware. And 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 if I may channel Dvorak in one area where I absolutely agree with him, you need to be able to remove the battery, too. Well, if you really want to power it down, yes. Yes, because there's so many times when you're like, I want to shut this off. And it's like, nope, sorry, the software won't let you. Uh, no, I, it's my phone. Turn off. Well, there's always the thermite or hammer method. Yes, I have used the hammer method before. <laughs> That's one way to keep it. It turns phone. out it, it doesn't turn on Ooh. quite as well afterward. Though. It's a really good turn off uh, sequence, though. It's a, it's a really good turn off sequence. Uh, so. You remember my uh, story about Audacity and Muse from, uh, what was it, just Monday? Yeah, yeah, Muse is uh, still angering people, I guess. Yeah, uh, no, it, uh, last week. Um, yes, this story, uh, it, it popped up and came to me, and, and again, this one, I found it via Cold Acid, who um, I'm not going to give full credit to because he sent it. He said, this would be a great Grumpy Old Ben story, would love to hear your opinion on it, and then he used it on Rare Encounter. Oh, he does a podcast called Rare Encounter with Abel Kirby. Um, I'm not convinced that I would go that far, but but the story was brought up there. So uh, I'll go ahead and and uh, reiterate uh, the the high points. Um, Audacity is uh, as as you know if you've been listening to Grumpy Old Ben's is a, a or or if you podcast um, a open source GPLv2 software project uh you know free open uh, gplv2 is intended to make it so that it will be free and open forever and uh free of of some horrible things that they the, the free software foundation right. doesn't and it's like. really good audio it's, editing software it is not the best out there but it's definitely good enough for my uses i use it uh I, I, okay i'll give it it's pretty good uh muse group acquired audacity a while back uh they tried to uh add telemetry to it people freaked out they uh tried to uh change they they, they've been kind of testing the waters for what can we do to generally screw up this software and make it so it doesn't feel like the open project we had before um we decided before we're not even sure exactly what muse bought uh it looks like just the the trademarks and brand name because I, they they shouldn't be able to own the software uh, at least not in any way that lets them put restrictions on it right but the latest thing is they are trying to effectively relicense it so it's not GPL two anymore um, Muse has added a contributor license agreement that you have to sign before you contribute code to Audacity. Um, among other things, that contributor license agreement says that by submitting code, you agree that if we want to relicense it to something other than GPL, you're okay with that. Um, and that's necessary because, uh, one of the things that keeps an open source copyleft software, uh, secure in its license is the fact that if you have lots and lots of contributors to the code, Every single and any one of them who has contributed code to it can say, I'm not cool with my software being relicensed. And as long as the code is in the software, then you can't relicense it. So um, 
Muse Group has uh, is is trying to get around that. And the way they've done it is, first of all, they've gone to everybody who has large chunks and they claim that they've already got sign off from 80 percent of the people in there. Uh, they are requiring anybody who wants to contribute new code to agree to this license agreement. Uh, and they say, well, we don't feel like we have to get a hundred percent. Wait, 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 I, wait, wait. That, that doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. And legally speaking, I don't think they have a leg to stand on, although I don't think that the GPL has been particularly well litigated. So not a lot of case law, but most people who are interpreting the GPL are like, yeah, you do need a hundred percent, but there's a couple ways around it. You know, maybe their way around it is we're just going to ignore it and hope that these people don't come out of the woodwork. Right. Risky or replace the code but, that the person, did but that's that the other thing is, is if anybody who's has only contributed, you know, 20 lines of code, what you do is you go and rewrite that code with somebody in house who signs off on the license agreement. And now you don't have to get their approval anymore. So, um, one might speculate, as as many do, there are a lot of people who the 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 true open source advocates who do not like things like contributor license agreements. The idea that you have to sign something before you're allowed to contribute open source code kind of goes against the a lot of the idea of freedoms and and more importantly is an end run. So a lot of people would uh, see a move like this and speculate that. Well, it, it, what what Muse might be trying to do is take the code closed source or or try to move it to a proprietary license that doesn't have the freedoms of the GPL. And you could speculate that or you could just read what they posted about it, where they said, quote, the CLA enables us to release audacity on platforms that we wouldn't otherwise be able to release on, such as within the Apple's App Store. It also enables us to change the project license in the future, should the need arise. For example, we might decide to switch to a different open source license to take advantage of a new technology that is incompatible with the current license. Like when we switched Muse score from GPL2 to GPL3 to enable support for such a... Alternatively, we might decide to dual license certain parts of the code under a permissive license in order to create an open standard that is usable across all audio applications. So... You don't need to speculate as to whether or not Muse Group wants to relicense Audacity to a proprietary license. They are saying they do this because they want to relicense Audacity to a proprietary license, in particular for things like the App Store, because Apple does not allow any copyleft licenses in the App Store. They want to release an Apple or an iOS version. They have to relicense it. Ah, that's why. Well, that's the I can now see now that well, starts making a little bit of sense. That, they want audacity the most, on Apple devices. That's one of the most benevolent possibilities is they want to be able to do that. Uh, personally, I think that anybody who owns an iOS device uh, can go ahead and suffer under the restrictive environment that they've bought into. But I my sympathy is limited there. However. Uh, once you have the ability to relicense so that we can put it on Apple devices, you also have the ability to relicense so that, say, you start adding features that only uh, exist in your version and uh, you, yeah, you're not version. open source anymore. And and you start being able to charge for it. And, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could make money on this as a subscription? And and um, I like making money. I like making money, too. But what I don't do is go out and find a GPL project 
and then buy the trademark, act like I own it, and then decide to completely relicense it in violation of that very license. I, I, I feel like Muse is stomping all over the, the intent, if not the letter of the GPL by trying to do this, but the CLA might just be the legal end run that they need for this. Right. And I could suggest where owning the trademark and the name could get them quite a bit, even if they just had a in-house piece of audio editing software, a vast majority of people. As you said, Audacity, very popular. It's been suggested for podcasters and other people doing audio work for over the last decade because, oh, it's free and it's easy. So there's so many people that have heard, just use Audacity, use Audacity. Even if it was a totally new program, if it had that name on it, people would still find it and use it because it's like, well, I've heard I should use Audacity. And it would be a really crappy thing to do, but completely legal and completely within their rights. If, you know, uh, uh, having purchased the Audacity brand name, I, I'm honestly not sure how exactly that worked, but let's assume that they, they have, they own the brand name free and clear now. Like maybe it was, it was kept by somebody. Um, having done that, there's nothing to stop them from writing something completely brand new using none of the GPL code at all. Right calling it audacity and sending it out there. There have been plenty of, of, uh, of Chinese knockoff style companies who have bought uh, old code from back in the day. Uh, what, what am I thinking of? Um, I, I think this happened to Winamp, for example, uh, you know, code that people absolutely love and just writing something completely new or changing it in fundamental ways to make it totally broken. And then living on the fat of, of the people's nostalgia for a good brand. That would make sense because, uh, yeah, that's name recognition is huge. And I mean, that's what you're buying. That's, uh, that's part of the deal. I mean, I, this think of, uh, Circuit City. I believe that's still around now as a internet only company. Radio Shack exists. I mean, people bought these names of these once iconic stores because they knew people will remember Radio Shack. And most people won't even, they'll be like, Oh, Wait, Radio Shack's still online. I could still order the same old (laughs) Radio Shack crap. And And, and it's not still online. It's a new thing that has the old name. Yes. And logo and all that. I mean, and they're selling like the T-shirts and all that because that's part of what they bought was something that nobody thought was worth anything. And maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But and in in the troll room, Mystic is pointing out something that I hadn't even thought of, but I think you absolutely freaking nailed it is that uh, if you want to put DRM into a piece of software, that is very expressly forbidden by a GPL. But if you can relicense it, you could put something DRM worthy, which allows you to make deals with big content in order to be able to handle uh, a DRM'd material. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense for Audacity, though. Doesn't it, though? I I don't think so. At what point do people, you know, People already, just Spotify, we just talked about, are uh, releasing DRM'd music that is only decrypted by their app, aren't they? Uh, you know, I don't YouTube, know if it's actually decrypted by the app or how that's working. Well, I don't but, know uh, if it's encrypted, but it's there's absolutely a, a DMCA lock on it because the, the DMCA notices that are being sent out. But anyway, um, I, I big content has always wanted to 
DRM everything so that you can never use it outside of the ways that you want to use it. And if, if you can make, if you can put a plugin of some kind or, or something into audacity so that it generates the DRM content, I think that there's a lot of people out there who would love to see that. No, I disagree on that one. I don't see that as all, because again, the, the hardest part is then writing that other end and having people use specific apps. So I don't really see that because Here's people are people have trained themselves to use whatever app you want, but you don't need yeah. that in Audacity. Well, All you need is a converter that will take whatever file you have, Wave or whatever, and convert that into something that would be DRM. You don't need that in the whole audio suite. That part doesn't make sense. I mean, if you well, want a DRM I'm, I'm, stuff, I'm not talking just the creation of of DRM stuff. What what if you are handed a, an encrypted podcast file called a .bem and you need to be able to clip from it and uh, audacity suppose you load it up in audacity and you go to the location that you want and you say, give me this clip here and audacity will go to the internet. It will check the license file for that podcast. It will say, Oh, we're sorry. The license does not allow you to clip Ryan's voice because you might make him sound stupid. Uh, therefore we will not save out this file. That is absolutely the kind of thing that, that uh, large corporations want in software. And they would love that to be an open source software too. Yeah, but they won't do it because the other software won't have that restriction. So nobody will use it. So that doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it's an interesting concept. People will use it. If it has the name audacity, a lot of people will. Well, not if it doesn't work. (laughs) My recommend or my my prediction is exactly the same as it was the last time we talked about Audacity, which is that there will be forks coming. There have been forks already. I haven't seen one come out as as the lead fork yet, and I, it might be a while before we figure out. But uh, if lots of people are working on this simultaneously, and as long as they don't get tied up too much creating sh- garbage, like a you know a, a couple of them are things like adding a contributor covenant to the project. Well, okay. That's another that kind of like the, the contributor license. That's the kind of thing that's going to get you no code from me. Well, because they want <laughs> but, you to sign off on being woke more than anything yes, else. That's exactly what the contributor covenant does. It says we're going to inject wokeness into our open source software. A lot of people are all big on that, but uh, I tell you what, no, no fork that has that is ever going to get something from me. Well, anyway, online, you are an elderly African-American woman. So, I mean, that's I don't know why you wouldn't really go along with the woke stuff. Um, I have my reasons. <laughs> OK, uh, there's <coughs> excuse me in the copyright uh, concept, too. There was one story from the European Parliament, which, as we say about a lot of this stuff with the uh, any kind of data with any kind of intellectual property. When dealing with multiple major corporations, which are operating across the globe. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's a globe. I know a lot of people believe in the flat earth thing, but with this happening, there's a very flat growth. Yes. It's it's a very flat globe. Uh, There's a lot of different laws and things get very, very confusing. So there was a European law that was being, uh, there was this, the concept of upload filters and this European law was put in front of the advocate general of the EU. And I won't even try to say the guy's name because <laughs> no, um, but they published the advice. Poland wanted uh, to basically Poland was saying they don't want 
any upload filtering when people upload to the internet. I'm assuming. So what, what exactly is upload filtering in this context? So if you're uploading something to YouTube, we know YouTube just started doing this, which is they're looking at the content automatically to see if it oh. matches. Right. So if it matches oh, so, a copyright. So like or or if if they hear the word vaccine in there, then they automatically give you a a, a safety medical strike or something. Well, like, totally not that for this. This is strictly looking for copyright infringement. I okay. mean, you could obviously change it to something like that because you can do the vocal, uh, you know, the text to speech or speech to text they, kind they, of a thing. I mean, you, YouTube runs AI on the hair color of anybody in there, and if if it's the wrong shade of orange, then they'll ban it on Trump grounds. Now. Though Poland said they don't want any upload because they don't think that's fair because the concept is there's going to be a lot of uh, things flagged that shouldn't be flagged. And in the lengthy opinion from the advocate general, he dismissed Poland, but also then said that this concept of upload filtering should only be used to target infringing material, obviously. But with that, he said that it has to be identical, which is a very important word. Unlike, you know, the that, Reddit thing, the, it can't be non-identical. So if you're uploading so easy to defeat, well, correct. And it also means that if you and I are doing an episode of grumpy old Ben's live from a bar and Taylor Swift is playing in the background, when that gets uploaded, it's not going to be automatically struck down because, oh, I hear a portion of a Taylor Swift song. It's not identical. There's other things being added. Hopefully you hear us talking louder than the background yeah. music. Yeah. If twi- if Taylor Swift is playing in the background, you're going to hear me rage quitting a podcast. Oh. <laughs> right. you're, you're just like, you know, like that I can believe. We're like, you know, I don't have a problem with you or what we're talking about right now. But the music they're playing in this place, I'm out of here and just slam. Well, you would finish your beer. I mean, let's be fair. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you wouldn't. But leave. I can I can finish a beer very quickly when I'm angry <laughs> and then go out. But this is where it's like, OK, I don't have a problem with the upload filtering if it is only looking for exact matches, which means if somebody literally just rips a song or a CD or literally just rips a piece of video and uploads that with nothing else added to it, nobody talking over anything. It's just that it's just, that's pretty non uh, it's not hard to figure out that's piracy. But but, I mean, even identical is going to be difficult because like, what if I load the whole thing into audacity, run a, a single filter on it? Give me a, give me a DC bias on the signal and then send it back. Yeah. Or, or you know something that's trivially removed. It it's not technically identical, correct? But when you play it, it sounds identical, correct? Which although this is the way it should be, because the only way an automated system should strike something down is if it is identical. Which of course you're finding the loophole here, like everything has. Which yeah. means if you want to post something, you make an adjustment to it, and it could be something as simple as. You know, you boost the bass a little bit. I mean, I put EQ filters on what we play on the stream music wise all the time. So it's not going to match a hash because the data has changed and this will lead to a whole bunch of other new problems. Yeah. But I, I think if 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 it has to be bit perfect, if if the digitized audio has to be bit perfect, I think that you are making a standard 
that is useless and is it's just too that that's that standard is so tight that it, it, it won't apply and there are a hell of a lot of things that you can do to a piece of content that is identical to any human being in the world but still isn't bit identical you, know, you right. ch- change the sample or double the sample rate and you've got a, a perfect replication of the audio but it's not the same bits anymore right it's different but this will go a long way at helping when people make transformative works or if they are doing you know satire things like that you can't just pull out five seconds and go oh this is the same five seconds as a song no it's got to be more complete if this is a transformative well, and work. I, I certainly approve of that uh, i'm just thinking that if if you're going to lock down your standard to it has to be bit perfect, then you are effectively saying there's no standard at all. And why are we having the discussion? That may be what they're uh, the EU's trying to say. I don't know. Maybe we, legally we need to have this. And you still have the ability to remove this type of content. So if somebody uploads something and a person actually goes, I think this is just a uh, safety measure. So the AI doesn't make mistakes and if there's if something's going to be pulled down it's going to be because an actual human did it and then somebody's responsible maybe well, I'm just if reading you want too an much ai that it. doesn't make mistakes you got to have csb write it yes csb write us an ai that can find out yes. what people like and about make sure Grumpy it doesn't make mistakes right and what they don't like i i think i forgot to mention his website during the last show when he did send us some uh some funds as I did his money laundering yes. for him. AI.cooking. Yes. Which the, is a great podcast. Name. The podcast that CSB writes and Gwiff reads. And uh, by the way, now plays on the no agenda stream. Nice. I mean, Adam Curry could maybe do one of those episodes in a CSB voice. I loved hearing Adam do the CSB <laughs> voice. It's been a long time. And I, I, you know what? I need to clip that too. I forgot to go back and clip that because it was the one quote that CSB gave me was, Remind Dvorak to come on Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. And Adam read that. It's like, we now need to taunt John with that until he comes on the show. But uh, yeah, AI yes, is not because, cooking. Because the best way to convince guests to have a good conversation with you is to badger them. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that what our Where Encounter does and Hog Story and, and uh, Misinformed Nation and uh, Abs in a Six Pack? Isn't that all they do? They, they go and. Uh, well, they just badger each other. But then they all go on each other's show. So it, yeah, it, it works. It's, it's almost like all of those shows. They just have pools. There's like, here's the pool of all the hosts in the community. Let's just start fishing. Yes. I, yes. And I'd like to start some, going know, outside only, that pool. And the only problem I have with it is that uh, I, I don't get nearly as many invites as the people who are, uh, well, who go nice. on the shows and aren't grumpy. Right. I mean, that's unlike <laughs> people that are nice. That's a different yeah. way to go. And congratulations to the hog story folk. Carolyn Blaney and John Fletcher, 200 episodes. We're trying to catch up to them. But now that we went to two shows a week, they're at two shows a week. So we need to probably go to three shows a week until we pass Hog Story. Yeah, that might be necessary. Yeah. Yes. Except that, no. It's just a, it's just a friendly competition. And, yeah. I, do, I do. I do remember the, the, it was a couple months ago, but the last time that I was on Hog Story, uh, during the post show. And, uh, I, I don't think that John expected me to, turn on the stream immediately after signing off because right after I signed off uh, a Fletcher says uh, there's something to the effect of uh, 
I didn't expect that to go be so nice to go. I mean, he didn't complain about any of my drops, uh, you know, and I didn't, I didn't it's like all the things that I would have complained about because I was in a good mood. You mean drunk? Yeah, that was it. That's it. And uh, <laughs> it was just it was just funny turning it on right after I sign off. And he's like, he didn't even complain about all my drops. Fletcher, did you get a little triggered in the troll room? No agenda stream dot com. When Karma King said he didn't get Hog Story. And I'm like, nobody gets Hog Story. That's getting Hog Story is not getting Hog Story. But, uh, uh, I, I don't think John and Carolyn get Hog Story, but that's part of their charm. <laughs> yes, that's the beauty of it. And that's why you check it out. It's a, I'm like, that's just kind of like a couple of people uh, sitting around just chewing the fat. That's how, how do you feel about talking about some experts? We do have some and experts. Then, and then I have a Tesla story. Ooh. Is there going to be a test about the Tesla story? No. Is it explosive? There's just going to be some complaining. Okay. It almost was. It's always explosive when you're talking about Teslas. But we do work on the value for value model here at the Grumpy Old Men's Podcast, which means we do the shows. We put them out there. We sound really good. We have great audio quality on the show. Let me say that. And you decide what the show is worth to you. Was it a buck? Was it a latte? Was it a CD? Was it a vinyl uh, double set? Was it, you know, the whole big box set that uh, there's, I think, the new one coming out from uh, Guns N' Roses or something. It was like 500 bucks. There was a Kiss one like that, too. It depends. What do you find uh, Grumpy Old Ben's to be I, worth? I, I, who who would pay for that box? I, there was I, I, like Gen X people who haven't ever encountered any other music in the last 30 years. I, which one? The Kiss one? Yeah. Or, or Guns N' Roses. I mean, yeah. When, yeah when was their last album? The the Kiss one was... I don't think I was out of grade school yet. That may be true. The Kiss one, I thought, was a little over 500 Maybe it was... No, I'm sorry. I think the Kiss one was $2,000. And if you went... That better come on solid gold vinyl. <laughs> it's, it was CDs, too. It wasn't even vinyl. <laughs> that was the beauty of it. I thought it was like two grand. And it was... Kiss was out on tour at the time. So this was a little bit before COVID. And you could pick it up at the show personally yeah, from gene simmons two grand pirate the flack right maybe right that's I, i've not seen it yet i've been waiting since the announcement and i have never seen that show up on the uh the usual pirate places but you know if you spent that and you went to the kiss show gene simmons would personally give you the box set don't know if that's worth two grand but uh i'm guessing some kiss fans it, did. It better come with extra tongue for that much money <laughs> just get you get a tongue kiss from gene simmons or i don't know I mean, some of the ladies might like that. And some of the guys, hey, I'm not judging. But we do have some experts. I, and you know I don't either. Right. You never do. That's except when you go on Hog Story. But oh, uh, I was judging the, judging the hell out of them then. But these experts <laughs> came in today. You put the amount into something that means something to you. You go to grumpyoldbenz.com and you click the donate button if you want to use PayPal for a one time or monthly donation. You use the QR codes or the wallet addresses if you want to do the Bitcoin cardano ethereum thing and there's a p.o box address if you want to go that route snail mail your bank go to your online bill pay we'll send the checks for you you don't have to buy a stamp you don't have to write a check you can do that one time or monthly as well it just plain works including the bank check thing our buddy dude named kyle otherwise known as some young guy over on no agenda social he's used i think everything i think he's now used the check maybe not paypal but he's used the uh, crypto thing. He comes in, the sole executive producer for today's show with $50. And 
this was just a note from No Agenda Social. He says, mm, I'll be honest, I haven't had much time to listen the past few weeks. So, I mean, this is the best way if you're going to donate. Don't even listen to the show. Donating is the important part. Support the show. I, and, and honestly, I think you're going to be in a better mood if you just donate and don't listen. <laughs> yes. Then you don't have to hear us complaining about stuff. So a so, uh, dude named Kyle has come up with a whole different system here, and I appreciate it. Uh, he said he's been setting up a little trucking company, so we need to get yeah. you some trucking company karma. It's a, it's a good time, I think, to do that if if you got the business, because, uh, I mean, pricing on all this shipping and container stuff. Going you got up. any got any open jobs? Something long haul? Something I can podcast from the road? See, that's not a bad idea. I'm sure truck driver could do that. He's done some videos and stuff from the road too, so it's possible they could uh, they can get you double team there. You can get some uh, double duty going on. Get you in a truck. I don't know road rage though. With you in a vehicle that big might not be a good I, idea. I let's just not it, anybody trying to get me a CDL. Let's just not look too closely at at my history. Uh, my excuse is. I was commuting to Redmond via Interstate 405 every single day. And you didn't enjoy that. It's 31 miles and it took an hour and a half. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. On the uh, freeway. (laughs) Well, it's not really that free. It's kind of the stop and go way when. uh, Well, it's especially not free now that they they, they put the equity lanes on. Well, I told you about the the high occupancy toll lanes that they put on that stretch of road. Oh yeah, and the toll roads here now have gotten because of COVID. I mean, not because I'm sure they were waiting for this, and we talked about this possibly happening, I believe, way back when. But I was on the toll road the other day, and all of the cash lanes are now gone. They're knocking them down because you know why pay people to do jobs when you can pay them to sit on their ass at home and do nothing. They can still get the check from the government. Rather than doing uh, a job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always pull through the cash lane and I always pay in cash. A uh, big part of it is that I don't want the tracking sticker in my windshield. Yeah. They're tracking you wherever you go, man. As long as they can no, see your the, license plate. The high occupancy toll lanes around here are they're They're HOV lanes. So you are technically allowed to use them if you have two or more people in the car. But you can also use them if you pay a variable fee determined by traffic congestion. And I think it tops out at like $15 a trip now to use the HOV lane if you're wealthy. So if you're schizophrenic, can you use it? uh, There have been uh, no shortage of people using the HOV lanes around here uh, with uh, blow up dolls in the (laughs) passenger seat with, uh, uh, you know, the the most common is you just... uh, prop up something and you put a coat over it and they kind of look as the shape. The cops are getting pretty good over the last several years at at determining whether that thing in the passenger seat is actually a person or uh, a watermelon with a wig. Hey, and sometimes works. it's both and we try not to judge. Whatever works for you. Uh, this is a dude named Kyle says, keep on rocking, ranting and entertaining. And that's our plan anyway. That is our plan. And thank you. For being the sole executive producer on today's Grumpy Old Ben's podcast and the executive producerships work for us. You know, we're a little different than No Agenda because they won't read your note because they've got so many of them. If it's under 50 bucks and it's all anonymous for us, if you hit $50, you're guaranteed an executive producership right now. So now's the time to get in anything. Yes. If there's no $50 and above, then we just take the top donation for and the week. I, I have a challenge for everybody listening to my voice right now. And that is put us in a position where we get so many donations that we have to set a cutoff amount to where we don't read them below that. 
See, that would be a beautiful thing. That would be a beautiful thing. But if we don't get a $50 or over, then it's just the top donation for each week can get you an executive producership. So you never know. You might throw in five bucks and be like, whoa, executive producership. It's an amazing deal. Well, for you, for us, it's like we just made a dollar an hour and uh, we can't afford to buy food. But hey, that's a whole different subject for a different time. Coming in at $20.21, assuming for the year, Thomas Hoyman, no note, nothing with that. So thank you for that. Uh, Displaced Citizen comes in with 20 bucks with the note. Darren and Ryan sending some value on behalf of our great benevolent leader, comrade Joe Biden. Let's spread some freedom. Every single thing about that is wrong. Not great, not benevolent, not a leader. (laughs) Which makes it a perfect note for grumpy old Ben's. The displaced citizen. I think it was sarcastic. I I like him only slightly more than I like uh, the governor of my state, J.F. Inslee. Now, if those two guys were together and you saw him walking down you know, the shore there in Seattle, would you go up, shake their hand, say, dudes, let me buy you a coffee. I I might kick sand in their face. <laughs> you're not that, you know, I mean, you, you, you can't, you're not in that good a shape to kick sand well, all that. the way up there. You'd be like, wait, can, can you guys lay on the ground for a minute, please? I can, I can get winded walking down the beach. Okay. Right. It there you go. Uh, coming in at 15 bucks, our buddy, Net Ned from outside of Motor City, who says, keep it grumpy. Which that we can do. That is I, I, it's, it's one of my superpowers. That is right in our wheelhouse. But thank you, Net Ned. Coming in at 10 bucks, Loretta Rhett Vandenberg, who has been going through all the episodes and she's still donating, which means she hasn't run screaming yet. So what I mean, I'm not sure what episode that'll be like 45, 50 when that that happens. But I mean, we hope she doesn't get there. But that's the that's the downside of listening to those early grumpy old Ben's is. You never know what's going to trigger somebody. And it's also the downside of listening to the current grumpy old Ben's. (laughs) That's true. So uh, I guess uh, it's one of those no win situations. And we appreciate the support, Loretta. And hopefully you're enjoying those old episodes. I need to go back and listen to those at some point or just get somebody to give us, uh, you know, synopsises of these or uh, do the chapters for those old episodes. But that should uh, that, that might take a while. But, you know, we could become I, at least the old episodes were shorter. That's true. And uh, they stayed on topic. So I could see you doing chapters for most of them, which is just one yeah, thing. Just, like, yeah, yeah. This is just it. copy, copy the show title into the first chapter heading. First chapter starts at one. And just whatever. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that sounds like a thing to do. Coming in at 10 bucks, our buddy Steve E coming in with a check. We appreciate that. He's come in in different ways. Uh, he was the first one on uh, Patreon which we have a Patreon that we don't add anything to, but it's still there. If you want to find that, that's patreon.com slash grumpy old Ben's and coming in at $5 with a check D E meet us of the fun fact Friday, meet us pod and so many other shows. It's hard to even mention them all, but meet us is that, a good guy. That guy, he's, I, he is way more generous than I think anybody here deserves. Cause I hear his name come up as a donor on all the shows. He's a good guy. I wonder if he has the handgun that looks like it was made out of Lego bricks. I mean, if anybody had that gun, Midas would be the guy. I, you know, when I heard that story, uh, I, I first heard it on No Agenda. And when I heard it, uh, my first thought is I have everything here that I would need to make something like that. I don't think it would be quite as uh, 
it probably wouldn't be as stylish, but yeah, or eloquent. It'd be very blocky because yeah. this is well, not yeah, Lego bricks. Hello, but the, right, well, yeah, but you know the you don't want the handle of the gun to be slippery I, and not fit in your contours the the little round nubs on it that gives you the best grip there is no here's the risk with it uh if you make it out of plastic bricks rather than say a, a metal solid upper um is it what's it going to do more damage to the thing you're pointing at or the person holding it well, see, the bricks would have to just go on top of a metal barrel it, because otherwise it would just melt, which would be very uh, well inconvenient. I think it'd explode. You think? Maybe. Yeah. I, I have made Legos explode. And trust me, you think those things hurt when they're ste- you step on them. <laughs> OK, how do you make Lego explode? I want to know. Are you uh, trying you, you, to make them explode or you have it, it usually happens in mid to late July when you have leftover fireworks, say oh. uh, M80. You want and to see exactly what, so you, you kind of built a Lego grenade. Yeah. that it, it, I mean, you turn an M80 into a Lego fragmentation grenade and yeah, that's about what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I don't think it's a good idea now, but how would I have ever learned that if I hadn't tried it at least once? I guess you'd have to video this and then make sure that. Sadly, we did not have video cameras when I was, we did not have phones that we could put everything we ever did on TikTok. It's why I have to tell you about all the stupid crap I did as a kid on this podcast, because there's not videos of it because the technology wasn't there. All the times we live in. You know, Lego would just have responded to your video with, we do not recommend people put explosives. We We don't condone turning Legos into fragmentation grenades. Yes. We do not condone turning Lego into the uh, death causing just mayhem inducing toy that it could be. I don't know why. Come on. It's more fun to make things explode, but I digress coming in at 426 or maybe it's more. It's hard to say it was ADA Cardano. It was a crypto. From our buddy Bacon. Uh, the the number is currently going up and down as we speak. Oh, yeah. The crypto is going up and down as it is want to do. And uh, again, it's been interesting to follow this. For people who call it a store of value as of right now, you're not storing much value. You're just watching things go up and down at a at a massive I, it, rate. It's, it's like a, a carnival game. Yes. And it <laughs> is, I guess, storing the value. It's just you may have less when you come back. Maybe you kind of like the U.S. dollar. That will. Thank you, Joe Biden. I mean, inflation is at a rate right now where it's it'll be interesting to see what crypto does, because if you base everything on the dollar. So if you're saying, let's just say to make it easy, like one ADA is worth a dollar. Well, if the dollar loses, you know, if there's inflation of 15 percent, then shouldn't one ADA now be worth a dollar 15 or is that going to lose its value as well? Will the crypto lose value because of the inflation on the U.S. dollar? I thought they were separate, but we know they're not. So that's an interesting thing to watch, how these things act independently of each other. That's the other, you know, the whole crypto concept. They don't act. I mean, there's always a couple of outliers on a day. But if you follow the crypto prices and watch, I mean, Bitcoin obviously is the one everybody pays attention to. But if you follow Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Dogecoin, all down the line, almost always they're in lockstep, which means they're either all up or they're all down. 
and they're all usually within a percentage. If Bitcoin goes up 5% in a day, usually the other ones are up about 5%. It's really a rarity to have, say, Bitcoin up by 5% and Cardano or uh, Ethereum, either one, down 5%. They kind of run on the same rails, which they also shouldn't because they're totally different things, but the market is tied to each other and it's tied to the u.s currency and it's tied to currencies across the world so it's an interesting it's an interesting mind game whether or not uh you know what what should happen with massive inflation some people be like well put all your money in bitcoin if it's massive inflation then you'll be safe it's like well no not if the not if the bitcoin prices crash by the same percentage or don't make it you know if they don't move eh, I, I feel like that explanation pretty much nails exactly why i never got into finance yes because it's it's uh, enough to cause your brain to explode which is why if you have any money to put away into an account somewhere and try to gain a little have somebody that's a professional who knows what they're doing handle the cash or or at least somebody that you trust enough not to fleece you too badly yes yeah i mean they got to make a little money but if they know what they're doing somebody that knows what to invest in and there's a lot you can invest in that uh having somebody that's an expert in that field it it helps but bacon dude sent in because he was uh an expert on the last episode as well and he had a note which said he heard the previous show we were talking about our listenership not growing anymore that we've kind of plateaued over the last uh six months or so and he said i realized i was not sharing your podcast on my facebook profile so I did. Will anyone subscribe? I don't know. But I think if everyone listening shared your podcast on other socials and the Twitters, something could happen. See, I think this is a viable strategy. And the reason is, uh, well, well, we know because of the content of our show that the average Facebook listener is going to download one episode give it a a brief listen and be like, these people are totally right-wing a-holes. I can't listen to them. And that's fine. But there's enough people on Facebook that if we can get grumpy old Ben's to really go viral, then your Facebook has what? 2 billion users. So 2 billion users at one episode each. Right. And we we might get the the reach that we need. That might work. I mean, and that we do encourage everybody to post about grumpy old Ben's wherever you can hit people in the mouth, kick them in the nuts, whatever you want to call it, turning them onto the show. And we really should run a contest for some uh, grumpy old Ben's merch, maybe a, an autographed picture of Ryan Bemrose's cat. But uh, we can think about that. I, I, how, how about just an autob- autographed Ryan Bemrose's cat? Oh, you're willing to send the cat. That would be very nice. I, after the amount of vomit on that I cleaned up off the carpet this morning, I'm willing to send it lots of places. Catch me after the show. Oh, maybe you just didn't like whatever you made for breakfast. <laughs> it's quite possible but we appreciate well, that bacon should have eaten my food and, and we really we need to come up with a uh we need to come up with some kind of a uh a promotion for that which i mean if, if we hey if you want us to buy you uh it you know a 20 dollar gift card to your favorite coffee place whether that be dunkin donuts or starbucks or whatever i mean we can do that if you don't want grumpy old ben's merchandise although I or mean, somewhere that serves real coffee right someplace that serves real coffee. i mean okay dunkin donuts is okay aren't they I mean, I mean, I'm, I know it's not I, snobby I mean, coffee, it's, but it's it's low end. I I think the Dunkin Donuts coffee is uh, on the order of the same quality as Starbucks coffee, but they're just not pretentious about it. I can approve of that. I, 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 I get that. I'm OK with it. What would you recommend for the coffee connoisseur 
that you can pick uh, up in a normal like you know place that exists around the world or at least in the u.s uh, if you can find a local roaster who roasts beans and can get them to you within 24 hours of roasting that is what i recommend and it doesn't even matter the brand the type or anything uh the thing that makes coffee the worst and why am i giving coffee advice on this show anyway i asked uh, the thing <laughs> the thing that makes coffee the worst than anything is you, you go somewhere like Starbucks or somewhere and they will have, they've got some industrial plant fueled by a nuclear powered furnace or something that uh, roasts coffee by the ton. And then they store them in a warehouse for several months. And then they put them on a truck and they ship them off to it. And by the time it gets there, it it's roast date is now six weeks in the past. And, the number one thing that will kill the roast profile of coffee is waiting more than four days after the roast. And it, it starts to lose its flavor and it starts to go a little bit bland. It's one of the reasons why in order to get a consistent flavor that doesn't taste bland, Starbucks burns the hell out of their beans because the once they're little bits of charcoal that you're running the hot water through it, it holds its flavor for a lot longer than uh, a, a light roast would or, or a breakfast roast or something like that. So um, the, the really important thing with regard, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm not going so far as to say, get somebody else to serve your coffee, because if you do that, they're going to pour coffee in a cup and charge you $5 when it's, it's 70 cents worth of coffee. If you get the really high end stuff and I don't even do that uh, more like, 30 cents and I pour it out of a coffee pot, but my coffee is really good because I have a local roaster and we go down once a week and pick up a bag of coffee from them. And then I grind it here and I brew it here and it's not super pretentious and it's not super expensive or high end, but what it is is fresh. Well, yeah, but you probably got a nice burr grinder, right? I do. And uh, what, how, what's the, how fine do you make that? Uh, for, well, I may, I use drip coffee, which means you don't make it very fine because it'll clog it up and just flow over the top. Um, I don't know. They're, they're, uh, a half a millimeter diameter piece. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an automatic drip style grind. Gotcha. Well, uh, no, now it, this, this grinder them. is capable of making an espresso grind and we have an espresso machine and my wife will use espresso. Sometimes I am perfectly happy with the Hamilton beach drip grinder. Yeah, but the espresso really gives you a punch. So, so does the coffee. The way here, here's a hint: if you want your coffee to be twice as strong, use twice twice as much much coffee in it. Hey, that's genius! You heard it here. Um, Grumpy old coffee burn burr grinder. In fact, uh, uh, one of my one of my favorite things I don't do very often these days is uh, I love to do a French press which you use, you grind it super coarse. Yes. And then you just pour the, the grounds in and pour the hot water in and you just let it all stew there they just for mix. five minutes. Yeah. And if you want it stronger, you use more grounds and maybe you let it stew longer or, but um, I, I can make an amazing coffee product that way, but I've also done terrible things to my, uh, to my blood vibration level. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, that is true. I've got a few of the French press, uh, devices and it's nice you just pour everything together and then it just magically separates them back out so you can enjoy the coffee without having that uh you know gritty coffee in your mouth oh you're missing out 
I was supposed to be this thing. Okay, that's part of the fun. If you if you're not chewing your coffee, <laughs> you're not enjoying it. Ryan Pemrose. Well, we we actually call that camp coffee. For for a long time, we had a percolator. Uh, you know, do you know what that is? Oh, those are like the really old coffee pots. But, yeah, the old style coffee pot where you just pour a bunch of grounds in, and then the percolator is a little tube that has a filter at the bottom, and as the coffee boils from the bottom, it forces it up the tube and out the top. And then it drops back down through the grounds. And that's how you make it, which is an ingenious way to make coffee because you just put everything together and put a pot of water with the grounds and set it on a campfire. But the only thing is um, the coffee made at the boiling point of water, which is the only way that can do it, is way over extracted. And I prefer to extract my coffee about 190 degrees Fahrenheit, which is below the boiling point of water, but still hot. So you're going to end up with some real bitter coffee from that percolator. But I tell you what, when you're camping, you do not care. <laughs> you're just looking for the caffeine. Yeah. I, and, and then and then the even simpler way, if if you don't want to carry a percolator pot out, is you just get the same pot that you had your beans in last night. You rinse it out. You put a bunch <laughs> okay, of coffee grounds in water. Please do rinse it out, though. Yes. You put coffee grounds and water in the pot and you just leave it on to boil. And after it's boiled for a while with the coffee grounds in, you pour the whole mess into a cup and chew it. I'm just waiting. I've done that for the CSB doodle. I love coffee talk with <laughs> Ryan and Devin. And uh, this yeah. is better. You know, we, the, the trolls in the troll room were getting really bored when we were talking about Reddit earlier. <laughs> they coffee. started talking about sh- chip boundaries and like. <laughs> I, yeah, anyway. Hey, coffee gets people going and coming in at the bottom of the list here, but not really at the bottom because I think uh, he came in at five bucks and then the bacon dude was. So I'm just kind of miss uh, label these here. Uh, but Bill Barnes came in five dollars check. I believe that's monthly. And we appreciate everybody for supporting this little grumpy old podcast. Tell a friend, tell two trends, tell five friends, and then uh, make sure they donate to become an expert and then become a guru. Cold acid is well on his way. Jay Finley, the Walkman of Buckeye, is the first guru, but Cold Acid, I think, is is trying to get there pretty quickly. And I believe it was uh, some young guy who came in today with his 50 bucks, Kyle, dude named Kyle, that posted he was more interested in becoming a guru of Grumpy Old Ben's than a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, which I think is a beautiful thing. I, and- I'm I'm highly flattered. Yes. Skeptical, but flattered. You're always skeptical, though. Yes, that's true. But you got more stories when we got some more entertainment. We got more's enlightenment. Uh, yes. The, the This is a an age-old story that's always good for a rant because it's a right-to-repair story. Uh, and uh, it, it's a right-to-repair story with Tesla, who, uh, although they masquerade as a car company, are really a Silicon Valley company who creates gadgets that you happen to be able to climb into and drive around in. Um, and, uh, in, in that way, they behave exactly the same as Apple when it comes to repairing your stuff. And that is, uh, oh, if something breaks, go ahead and take it to our official service center. And then we'll, uh, use a random number generator to create a suitably high cost. We'll charge you that much and then we'll give you a replacement part off the shelf or something. In this particular case, it was a person, uh, who, by the way, uh, is not named in the story. And I'll give you the reason for that later. Uh, was driving their Tesla and in New Jersey and ran over a bit of road debris. Ooh. I'm not exactly sure what that is, uh, but it was enough to damage the bottom of the Tesla. Now, 
if you recall, what is it that's on the bottom of the Tesla that's kind of important? Um, batteries? Yes. Um, in this particular case, it didn't puncture any of the batteries, but what it did do was damaged a plastic coolant fitting on the side of the battery pack. Ooh. Um, yeah, the during running, the you know, batteries generate heat, so they run coolant through it. And uh the battery pack itself is armored, but on the side of the battery pack and still visible from the road, uh, there is a little plastic nozzle of fitting that you screw a coolant hose into. And that lets you get coolant in and out. And uh, the design of the Model 3 is apparently such that road debris. I, I don't know what exactly road debris they were running over in New Jersey. It might have been like a dead body, discarded gun. I'm not sure. Well, you know, it could be but, anything. I ran going to high school one day in my Delta 88, which this was the, I believe, the 1977 version of the Delta 88. So it was a tank, a land yacht, if you will. And there was a piece of metal or something in the road that I ran over. And it kicked it up in just the way it went under the tire into the driver's side door right Ooh. next to where I was sitting. And it, it punctured. You, you almost, it almost ripped you a new one. Yeah. It punctured the metal of the outside of the door. It didn't go all the way through, but it went through that first bit of metal. And then, you know, it hit the door, but it didn't go through the next to get into the, uh, into the and vehicle. Imagine if you were in a plastic car. Uh huh. That would have come right through. So I can imagine you run over something and it goes I, into a battery. You got you know, issues and uh, Darth Raider and the troll rooms giving me craps. Like they don't have any, they must not have any road debris in Washington state. Well, uh, I mean, we do have a transportation department who occasionally cleans the roads. So no, not that much. And also I am, am I completely off base here where if there's a giant chunk of metal in the middle of the road, then you just drive around it. Usually that's the recommended way to go. Now, if I, you're, if you're tailgating the guy in front of you and you don't see the metal until it's too late. Okay. Well then, then, then there might have been something else going on in that scenario that, that might've been the, the earlier anyway. Yeah. Like, was the Tesla self-driving? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, this particular thing, he, he found he was leaking coolant on the road. And, uh, so he did what any good Tesla owner would do and took it into the Tesla service center. Um, they came back and said, uh, yeah, that's going to be $16,000. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, and, and you could tell by looking at it, it was a crack in a plastic fitting, but, uh, the plastic fitting was molded as part of the plastic shell of the battery pack. And they needed to replace the entire battery pack, they said. And that was going to be 16000 for a new battery pack. Even worse, uh, the guy's insurance does not cover, com comprehensive insurance did not cover damage from, quote, road debris. So he was going to be out $16,000 out of pocket for a new battery pack for his Model 3 because of a busted plastic fitting. Well, he then took it to a shop in uh called electrified garage who apparently do aftermarket tesla servicing i'm not sure um they went in and they looked at it and they're like yeah we've seen this before we this this piece is not well designed they shouldn't have put it on the front of the car and attached it etc cetera, etc cetera. um they quoted him uh and then ended up charging him seven hundred dollars to replace the plastic fitting with a brass fitting and put a layer of caulking around it to prevent it from leaking Wait, 700 for brass. That seems cheaper. That's mostly labor because yeah. it 
takes you have to i mean you have to take the bottom of the car out and you have to remove the battery pack i, I understand you know, labor is not cheap especially get, get fixing cars you all of you people with your liberal arts degrees you want to make actual money go learn something useful like how to fix cars they make a lot money more money than you ever will but anyway yeah seven hundred dollars versus 16 grand that seems like a better deal um so uh that's what he ended up doing. Now, here's the thing. That particular that particular fix and the reason why the driver is not named in this article is, is because it violates the Tesla terms of service. If you uh if Tesla if if he ever takes it into a Tesla dealership and they discover the brass fitting on this battery pack According to the Tesla terms of service, that car will permanently and forever be banned from connecting to any or from getting a charge from any of the Tesla supercharging network because he has had unsupported repairs to his car. Nice. Um, so this, this is like the ultimate. Like you said, Apple has a very similar thing. Like they only want to be the ones working on this. In this case, if they turned your little gadget off, you got a big problem. Yeah. So what you've got here is, is a company with way too much power who, I mean, saying that you'll never be able to charge your car again, because when it's an electric car, I mean, you've got a very limited life. Then the the, the first thing that that blows my mind is uh, like, you couldn't do this with a gas powered car. You can't, there, there is no, there is no electronic database that says cars with this VIN number can no longer receive fuel because if I go to a fuel station, I pick up the tap, I give them money for the fuel I'm about to pump. There's no electronic DRM lock that prevents me from putting fuel in my car. But somehow Tesla having built all these smartphones with wheels have a DRM lock that says, if we don't like you, we're just going to prevent you from ever connecting to a fuel station ever again. Well, obviously changing that plastic cap with a brass one and making it better is horrible for the car. Well, it's, it's technically unsupported. And then here's the icing on the cake. Um, when Tesla quoted 16,000, the other thing they did not offer to do, which by the way, uh, is a legal requirement in New Jersey. They did not offer to give him the used battery pack back. They were going to keep it. They didn't even offer. He asked, he's like, well, if I have to buy a new battery pack, you're going to give me the old one, right? And they, they balked. They did not want to do it. It wasn't until he pointed out that New Jersey has a law that says if you get a, a piece replaced on a car, you have to be, they, they have to give you the old piece back if you request it. Right. And they're like, well, I, I guess you can have the battery pack, but what are you going to do with it? Party out. <laughs> oh, for me, I'd have myself a nice little bonfire or something. Whatever it is, Tesla, if they kept it, can very easily go and fix uh, remold the plastic or fix the stupid little plastic fitting or or maybe they put their own brass fitting on it and then they can sell the battery pack for ten thousand dollars as refurbished and make a ton of money yeah i'm like yes i i would keep that just for the purpose of not giving you a battery pack you can sell for 10k after ripping me off right which is why those laws are in place if you don't trust your mechanic, that's the easiest way when they're like, yeah, you're going to need a whole new uh, yeah, transmission. And it's just like, oh, can I have the old one back? Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that means they actually have to do the work then and uh, and not be scamming you out of that. And uh, yeah. it makes sense. In, in this case, a battery pack, it's like if it's just a connector that's bad, there should be a whole lot of good left on a $16,000 battery pack. And you, you know, and what, what would I do with that battery pack? You know, what I would do is I'd probably sell it on eBay to somebody else who doesn't mind having unsupported repairs, because if a battery pack goes bad and Tesla wants to charge them 16 grand, I'd be like, uh, well, I've got one here with a brass fitting on it, um, that I'll give you for, for 3000 on eBay. Uh, just, you can't tell Tesla that you got it from me. Well, yeah. And that it's a battery pack. There's plenty of things you can do with a high capacity battery pack. You don't have to run your car just with it. You know, I mean, there's plenty of things you can do. It's so, a nice backup. I, I don't know how much there is to this story other than there's the obvious right to repair angle. But for me, what bothers me and, and, and it really annoys me that it bothers so few other people is uh, I don't use Apple products and it's not because they're overly expensive. That's an, that's a reason I don't use Apple products because Apple wants to control every aspect of my use of that product after I purchased it. And I tell you what, if I am purchasing a product, I want it to be mine. I want to be able to do stuff with it. Um, I, I currently drive a, a 20 year old Buick where if I decided to replace, uh, if I decide to go find a plastic gasket on it and replace it with brass, there's nothing GM can do about that. And it is infuriating that Tesla not only reserves the right, but has the, the technical capability to make your, your car persona on a uh, Groton. <laughs> well, I mean, I, do, and, I get it for certain you, things. Like, your your tesla with cheese is is now totally useless if you can't charge it and it's the only reason you can't charge it is because they put you on a list because you did something they didn't like right and i can understand a certain amount of this it doesn't make it any more palatable but there are things you can change on these vehicles that would change the way they perform and then i can see where tesla's like well we can't be held responsible for that and that's all fine and Uh, and, and that to me is a design flaw oh i would agree but if, with- if you give me a motor capable of 300 horsepower and then say, well, uh, you didn't pay me enough, so we're going to limit it to 30 horsepower, then um, if, if I paid for the device, I have every right to go in and get the performance that I want out of the device that I purchased. And I if if i ran the justice system then terms of service like that are going to be completely unenforceable blue douche has never heard your persona a gratin joke before and he's fact checking you this is what the trolls do (laughs) live in the troll room (laughs) like no bemrose what are you thinking that's no no i don't I can see. I why. almost stumbled over that one and said non grata. <laughs> I know you, you, you almost said the right words. And then the, that one came out. It's not it, this level of professional comedic performance. Blue douche is not easy. You have to give that no. to us. No, nor is whatever level I'm operating. Right. At. Whatever, whatever you're doing. I don't know, but yeah, I l- want to be able to take my device wherever it is to get repaired. And this is probably still going to continue going through the courts for a variety of things. You know, getting it to where it's a car makes it completely different because this is something most people rely on a little bit more. I mean, phones, I know people are nuts because they're totally addicted to their phones. 
there's safety implications. That's to be certain. Yes. But I don't think it's completely different. It's be- because uh, from, from a technological perspective, it is a smartphone with wheels, right? It, it uh, all, all of the technical arguments are exactly the same, except for the safety one. Well, no, but there's, there's another one because if your iPhone breaks and you're in the middle of Afghanistan, you could probably still ship it somewhere to get repaired. If you drive your Tesla somewhere where there's no Tesla repair within a thousand miles, then what do then, you do? Then, then, then you put it on a flatbed truck that, that consumes <laughs> diesel. Yeah. And you ship it somewhere to get repaired. And it's going to take a long time to get repaired because you can't just bring it to the local mechanic who, if it, you know, there are certain things I'm sure the local mechanic couldn't do on a Tesla. But if it's well, something I mean, that's simple, also true if you're in, if you're in Siberia and you're 10,000 miles from the nearest Apple dealership and your iPhone right. runs out of battery charge. Yeah, then you, uh, you can ship thing. it. Easily. It's going to take a while to get it fixed. Yeah, it's going to take a while. But now your car, it's a little harder to ship. It's going to cost you a little bit more. And uh, you rely on the car a little bit more, I would think, although maybe that's not true. Maybe some people are so plugged in on their phones or their tablet that they they need that just as much. But it would be nice if we got to the point where all of this stuff could be handled by somebody that is, uh, you know, able to do it. And I mean, I get that, you know, to get parts and stuff directly from Apple, maybe they want to certify you. There's so many things where there's a certification or something like that, that the tech, you know, you have to be able to prove, you know, what you're doing to a certain level, but then you can get the parts. And if somebody needs just a battery replaced, you know, how hard is that? I absolutely understand the the argument of you need to have at least a certain level of competence in order to be able to service these correctly, because whether it's your smartphone or your Tesla, a really bad repair job that screws it up worse. And we've all seen repair jobs that do that can uh, it'll ruin your day. Uh, you know, there is absolutely oh, yeah. the argument of, well, you don't want somebody to screw up a repair job on a Tesla because the car might crash. Well, right. OK, but we have precedent for this. We we don't like mechanics to screw up repair jobs on cars that aren't Teslas either because it can make them crash. And we have ways of dealing with that. Let's apply the same mechanisms. What bothers me, what what I take issue with is the idea that the only people who can ever be competent to make the repair are the people who are blessed by the company. And this flies in the face of a first sale doctrine and uh, a whole lot of regulations that cropped up around the auto industry, but somehow aren't enforced against Tesla because they built smartphones. Hey, Jim, did you uh, reattach the brakes on that Tesla? The guy just drove off in. Nope. That, that's, well, that's okay he'll he'll slow down when the battery catches fire because <laughs> halt and catch fire gives a whole new meaning <laughs> when you're sitting on the computer uh, yeah yes <laughs> that's that's bad that's bad i told you i, man, we're I told you last week that i'd been uh working my way through the grand tour i got to the point where uh uh, uh richard hammond was driving a uh uh a fully electric supercar and managed to crash it Ooh. And uh, one of the things that they were pointing out was uh, it took them five days and he crashed it in a field, like not underneath an apartment complex in Miami or anything. Um, but it took them five days to put it out because the power cells just kept reigniting and catching fire again and again. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to cut off all oxygen to a car. Yeah, uh, and the, I mean the discussion of that Adam was talking about when a supercar or when a an electric car catches fire in the Netherlands, they just drag it off and throw it into the nearest lake or the ocean or something like underwater. That might work. Yeah, I mean that's about, and uh, I'm sure that's environmentally sound. Of course. Yeah, it'll, it'll just make a coral reef at some point. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, a, a radioactive coral reef that's full of heavy lead elements and stuff. Oh. Hey, again, I still think it's worthy of pointing out that if you have an electric vehicle that is being powered by electricity that is generated by coal, you are still having a bigger carbon footprint than just buying a gasoline vehicle. And most oh, no, places no. are which, powered which is by why coal. You- you should you should lower your carbon footprint by staying home and buying Bitcoin and letting the government send you some eh, basic income. And, uh, <laughs> and that that way, it's, it's perfect. Yes. Guy. Yes. Screw everybody else. And, you know, yeah, basic income. Screw everybody who's working for a living by raising their taxes. But, hey, you don't have to. It's happening. It is happening. Yeah. That's uh, the, the child credit is coming now. AOC was quoted as saying, you know, this month to month, not being able to pay your bills thing that happens every month. I mean, okay, I'm paraphrasing and making her sound dumber than she is, or maybe I'm not. No, no, that that's difficult. She said the checks have to come monthly too. This is what they want, man. They want free government money to come every month, but who pays for that? Oh, those rich people. Well, not me because I'm a podcaster. I'm not. Oh, yes. I mean, okay. Give us that problem and then we can complain about it. Go to grumpyoldbeds.com slash yeah. donate and send us a few. Now, if billion. I went out and got a real job, it would by then I'd have something to complain about. <laughs> oh, you'll still find something. And that's oh, why I, I don't need something. I'll just complain anyway. That's what why we'll, we'll be back on Monday for you to do even more complaining. Unless you have something else. I mean, we could just go on for hours. We we could, but maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> we could uh, give all the experts a much needed respite from the sound of our voices. But, you know, you'll come back Monday. We keep you coming back wanting more. We appreciate everybody for listening, especially those who are listening live and fact checking our jokes at noagendastream.com Monday and Friday, noon Eastern. But we will be back Monday. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the mayor is still a moron and from america's left coast where i'm podcasting on wheels i'm ryan Pemrose. oh i hope it's not a tesla Be a